This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinema Invention Podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we will be discussing Forrest Gump, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of Diamond Club Game Night and Battle Royale Wednesday. Please welcome Willie Scott. Hey, it's so good to be here. I'm such a big fan of the show. I've been a big fan for such a long time. And uh, I'm so excited to talk about Forrest Gump, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Uh, th- this is a fun movie, and I-, I can't wait to talk about this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. And we'll talk Well, we'll talk about it as we go along. Um, well, first, we've got some info to talk about. Uh, Forrest Gump is available for rent or purchase on, on all major uh, distributors. It is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Um. It was released in by Paramount, uh, Paramount Pictures on July eighth, sorry, July sixth, nineteen ninety four, based off the book by Win- by Winston Groom. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis and written by Eric Roth and stars Tom Hanks, Robin White, Gary Sinise, McKelty Williamson, and Sally Field. Um, it started with a budget of fifty five million, and made sixty sorry six hundred and seventy eight point two million. When it while it was in theaters, woo, yeah. Um, <laughs> it then went on to uh, win six uh, Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor in Leading Role, and Best Director. And in 2011, was was selected for preservation in the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. So, Does not surprise me that that happened. By the way, uh, oh yeah, I know with all the all the events go on that they talk about and how th- th- it, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. And that leads into the leads into the thing. Uh, hey, Willie, uh, when was the first time you saw this film? I, it's interesting, right? Like, it's been several years since I've watched this film, right? I remember because we were when we rewatched it uh, for the uh, watch party. Like, there were some things that I did remember, and some things that I didn't remember, right? But I think the first time that I saw it, I think I was, I think it was in like the early 2010s. Because my my parents had it on VHS um, at our house, and I think just one night um, they decided to uh, put it on for us to watch. Because uh, I guess we were old enough to watch it at that time. I guess they considered, and uh, and yeah, and and I absolutely fell in love with this movie. Like th- this movie is such a good movie, and uh, yeah, no, I I I enjoyed it so much. Um, even more so watching it a second time during the watch party. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I really enjoyed it again. We'll talk about more towards the end, but yeah, no, it's definitely one of those films that you can tell, like it's, it's timeless. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a good one to watch as a family. So, uh, mm-hmm. let's start the discussion, shall we? So, uh, what are the major themes that we, that seem to be noticed to the film was Forrest and his just, for lack of a better term, bumbling his way into meeting historical figures and being part of several historical events. And influencing um, certain historical events too, as well. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Um, so the, the beginning, it opens up and you see him pick up the, the feather and put it into a, a book. So, um, that seems to pop up throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book was a curious George book. So, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. I, the, the curious George book, man, like, dude, I, that was my childhood, right? Like, I want to say, like, I want to say, like, before I turned 12 years old, like, right around seven, eight, nine years old, like, Curious George was, like, the book that I would read. Like, all of the Curious George books I was interested in. And bearing in mind, I did not like to read that much, but Curious George was, like, the one exception for me, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I read a decent amount, too. Um, I remember my mom was sick for a decent time when I was growing up, so I always remember reading, like, Curious George. I think it was a curious, the title was a Curious George goes to the hospital or Curious George and the hospital. Mm-hmm. That one is one that very much sticks in my mind. So it's it's really interesting to see it. It's also was a major part of you know help help this character be relatable to to us um, in the film. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it open so part of the also after. Um, and so it opens up, and he starts talking to this this just this random stranger on the bus on the bus stop next to him. It just starts telling his life story, um, including an interesting like what his name his his namesake, which so happened to be the founder of the his mom uh, named him after the founder of the KKK, which Ugh. yeah, which was interesting to uh, not interesting is not the right word. Um, it's unexpected that you would. Yeah. Because I yeah. remember seeing this like for the I remember seeing this like the second time that I watched this movie. Right. Like I um, I did. That was one of the things that I did not pick up on my first time of viewing this. And especially like I really didn't fully know the context of what the KKK was. And like, you know, I I knew that it was kind of a hateful group, like kind of. But I didn't. That it was more just my ignorance more than it was like, you know, anything else, right? But at, but knowing what I know now and knowing what has happened over the last several like years, like more in recent times, it's like when that line comes up, it's like you're like, oh, geez, oh, yeah. it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, you yeah. know. It makes you wonder, like, what? Because uh, um, if I remember correctly, it was his mom who named him that, rather than like a mom because his dad never seemed to be in the picture. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder a little bit about his mom. Sure, and, and, a, but also like this was like the fifties or sixties yeah. when this was portrayed. So I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be too out of the ordinary, I suppose. You know. Yeah. But but to be fair to Forrest, and we'll talk about this later, like, you know, he doesn't like he doesn't, you know, he he's yeah. not a, he's a very love, love. He's a person that loves all people, regardless of yeah. who they are. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Which was, you know, always nice to see. Um, mm-hmm. Now, um, he grew up in in uh, the town, I which I forgot to make a note of um, in Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, as someone who went to high school in a small town and currently goes to college in a small town, it, I see a lot of, um, Greenbow, of Greenbow, it. Alabama. Yeah. Greenbow, that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it just definitely reminds me of some of these small towns just 
just you know growing up where like hey yeah. there's a local barbershop there's a local um the local pharmacy the local library or whatever and just walking everywhere and being able to see you know see people you recognize just right yeah. down the street yeah no and and even now it's like i'm living in kind of a small town too but but like even what but when i was growing up i would say i was i was living in a town that was like i can imagine that the town that i grew up in probably looked like this in the 50s and 60s when it was portrayed like i have no doubt in my mind at all that my town was probably like this like back in the 50s and 60s right and like and and so like when i kept seeing like the small town aspect of this movie i was like yeah no this is every town that i've lived in my entire life right and there's more that i could say about like growing up in a small town and the pros and cons to that but uh yeah that's that's for a whole nother podcast (laughs) yeah you know the again high school yeah small town high school yeah i can there's things we could say but that's Mm -hmm. for a different time and a different different environment um now uh again since as you mentioned earlier this is set in the 50s um there was just tons again especially because this isn't a bit um this was a film that was filmed in the 90s Mm mm-hmm that was, there was a lot of smoking around, which you know, from what you can see in like old, like old advertisements and even movies of that were filmed in that time. Like smoking was just everywhere and treated nonchalantly, including by by forces uh, orthodontists mm-hmm. uh, slash doctor. I'm not sure if, which actual position, but they're just you know, big old cigarette in the mouth, and mm-hmm. as he's you know inches away from forces face, putting on his leg braces. I re- I remember and like you and you and what's unique about this is that you and I are kind of close to the same age, right? And I can remember like in the early two thousands, like the in the town that I grew up in, we would and the place that I remember this vividly to this day was when we would used to go to Pizza Hut, which unfortunately the original Pizza Hut that I went to I found out was um, demolished and they re- they replaced it with some other restaurant. I don't know what it's called. But uh, but that Pizza Hut, like, it wasn't until about, like, the late 2000s that we stopped hearing the question, smoking or non-smoking section. Like, that was still a thing, even when I was a kid, right? And yeah, I like, vividly remember that. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I I, I do, uh, same, like, I think the Finleys I used to, they used to be actually next door to our Pizza Hut, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, I remember them asking Finn smoking, not smoking, and up to, like, it's a, it's a vivid memory, and I remember, I also remember, um, I used to go with my, uh, grandpa to visit, because at the time, my uncle also worked at a bar, mm-hmm. and we used to sit at the bar, and then, uh, you know, was, and the, the guy next to us, you know, the guys next to us would be, oh, they'd be smoking right there at the bar, and, you know, I'll be, this is me eating, eating, sitting here, eating my chicken, my chicken fingers, and, you know, mm-hmm. talking with my uncle right there at the bar, just ten, like seven years old. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries about secondhand smoke then. Like, not at all. <laughs> no, yeah, looking back at that, was like one of those just like, should I have been in that? No, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's one of those yeah. weird things that, yeah, that, you know, up until they took that long, like, I mean, they knew for a while it wasn't too great, but it was always, you know, it took them that long to actually to say, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't smoke around young children or young or environments where people aren't necessarily wanting to be around it yeah or just in general like because you know as we know now it's like secondhand smoke is a thing right like it's yeah granted it's still not 
as bad as actually smoking, but still, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, yeah, the, we, yeah, we didn't the, know at the time. Right. So, right. Especially in the, the 50, the fifties when you would, uh, excuse me, when this was set. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. So going back to like the meeting, uh, just, just encountering several, several people throughout the whole story of the, um, of his life story. Um, um, his mom, uh, he met Elvis Presley because his mom rented out rooms in their big house just to help make ends meet. Uh-huh. And he met up me, me and Elvis Presley and, um, was just dancing, listening to him play music. And then Elvis later adapted that his, his just weird way of dancing and moving with his knees yeah. as, as his iconic, uh, whatever the dance that Elvis was called. I will Muse. say, I will say I, it took me like, like I, I didn't realize until after the actual clip of Elvis Presley was played. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh, wait a second. Right. Like I, it took me a second to realize, Oh shit. Wait a minute. This is Elvis Presley. Right. Because when I first saw that scene, I'm like, what, who is that guy? That's just a random, but no, that was actually Elvis Presley. And, uh, that was, that was crazy. It's like, yeah and i love how like on the he's like literally on the tv in the next scene and force mother is like that is not for children (laughs) and like you know like she has no recollection that that was the same person that she housed right (laughs) yeah um yeah i I saw it as yeah i i can see that either that or was like he recognized like oh it's this person let's move on Mm mm-hmm yeah, speaking of Forrest's mom, uh, and even wanting to protect her son in her mind from something that was, you know, immoral or whatever, she always seemed to be sticking up for her son, even though yeah. Forrest was, you know, seemed to have some sort of uh, developmental or in, or um or uh, what's the word um the lower IQ. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, he would be like because here's the thing too about that is like back in the 50s and 60s it's like people didn't even like people didn't even consider like teachers even weren't even considering like developmental disabilities like that wasn't a thing right like i will say that i kind of grew up in the most like optimal time for that because like you know the 90s and the 2000s was when people were finally starting to understand like okay there are some kids who are who just you know, are not, are not dumb by any means, right? Like they are completely intelligent people, but they just require, um, you know, more attention. Right. And I, and I, and I was one of those kids, right? Yes. Yes. So was I, I remember, I just remember every time you had a standardized test being, you know, Hey, I went to this side room with like one other person and just took the standardized test right there in the, Mm -hmm. In the school, and then um, I have had some handwriting difficulties, and I remember having to like basically all I would do, I would dictate what I wanted to have written with punctuation and capitals and all that stuff. And I remember, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, special education teacher writing it for me, and yeah, and I distinctly remember, like, yeah, having that extra little bit of help to me it was very beneficial. And also, too, like for me personally, like I'm just speaking for me personally, like I. For me, like I was never like a fast um, note taker. And so like whenever I would have to write like written notes, like I was 
slow as all get out. I wouldn't get everything. And it was just awful. Right. But as soon as I was allowed to type my notes and as soon as I was allowed to, you know, have a computer like device, it wasn't a computer, but it was something similar. Right. And like, and like, but typing for me, it's like, I'm way faster at typing and I will type notes way better than I will, you know, handwritten notes. Right. And so, and so, and, 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 and it's one of those things too, where it's like, I envy all of the kids now who ha- who use Chromebooks for their lessons, because I, I can guarantee you, I would have loved that as a kid. Right. Yeah, or, like, or like a tablet. And like, I know so, mm-hmm. I had some, um, because I uh, volunteer occasionally with uh, local robotics teams, like I know some people like they have they have iPads that will um, that they they set up and they will sit in front record the, the professors so that way they can go back and, and the professor the teacher go back and like be able to watch their lecture and take notes you know skip mm-hmm. back and go forth and I I that's one thing I envy right yeah, and was, um and and going back to the whole like forest thing too right like forest mother is like you know, so sticking up for him and like, she's talking to the superintendent or the principal or whatever this guy's title was. Right. And he, and I don't remember, like, I don't remember there ever being like a thing where it's like, you have to be a certain IQ to go to a public school. Like, I don't, I don't remember that ever being a thing. I think that was just a bunch of bullshit from, I, from the superintendent. Thing, right. It, it might've been a thing at their time. Um, Maybe. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was, but I know during our time, it's very much wasn't. And yeah, I'd be curious if people sent in emails about that. That would be, that'd be something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a, yeah. If you're, if you have any notes on that, um, yeah, feel free to message us in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, though, uh, I remember though, I remember this, whatever value was, I think it was like 65, uh, 70, uh, IQ, um, forest had, was had a state IQ of 65. So it was just five below. Uh-huh. So his mom did something that you could clearly tell was like, "Hey, I, there's a desperation." Yeah, and and, and, and I did not catch this the first time I saw this, right? But he, but yeah, she literally resorts to having sex with the superintendent to get Forrest into the school. And the line that really was that really messed me up for me was like, like he even tells Forrest that your mother cares about your schooling a lot, doesn't she? And I'm just like. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it was deep. And, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, yeah. And, and luckily for Forrest through this, um, you know, through him be able to go through public school and he's seen the proof that he could, that he could succeed there because he was able to go to college. Um, mm-hmm. he's able to go to college at the University of Alabama on a football scholarship, even though it didn't really, yeah, even though, cause he was just running from, uh, running from these bullies and stopping to get noticed. Like, Hey, this guy can run. So yeah. he's able to go there and it's, and he ended up managed to get a degree. I wonder if, I wonder if he played football in high school. Cause it was never really mentioned. I, right. It didn't seem like it. It seemed like he just checked himself and Jenny in. I who suppose. We'll, who, we'll yeah. Think, yeah, who we'll talk more about later, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, it seemed like that was very much the focus of this. Um, is it seems like it seemed, it seemed like it was just those, all those college recruiters were just like when you know he ran through you know kind of you know kind of intruding on a game. They're just like that guy, sign him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and through that, he actually witnessed another major circle event. Uh, Wallace's stand in the in the schoolhouse door, or whatever it was, right. exact, you know, yeah, which was um, right at the beginning of of school integration, and which was, you know, uh, I I had no idea who this Wallace guy was even, and I did a little bit of research, like the little amount of research I went into when I when I saw his name, I was like. Oh God, this guy was horrible. (laughs) This guy was was horrible. And like one of the things that also stuck out to me was the fact that uh, like Forrest is walks up to it and is like, what's going on? Right. And like all the, the, these students are like, like these N words are coming through here. And, and that was like, Ooh, geez. But like at the same time, I don't necessarily fault the film for this because that's literally probably verbatim kind of what they would say back then. Right. Like, right. so I don't, I don't fault the film for that particular usage of the word, but it is still a bit yikes though. Yeah. Right. Like I, yeah. I, I, it's yikes from the perspective of, of like, Oh God, that line was yeah. actually probably true of the time, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's one of those things where, we um as we um see that as modern um as modern people in society and we say oh that you know that's not great but mm-hmm. at the time it was pro- it was un- and it's still you know it was used probably it was used unfortunately and mm-hmm. um and i can see them they did it as like hey this is historical context but um What's funny say, though, but, but they also showed it in a way it's like, hey, they did this in a way that's like, it just seemed like they were disavowing the hey, don't you, hey, this was not a great phrase because it showed, yeah, it showed Ford Scum, um, actually going and, and saying, hey, you dropped this, dropping your right. notes, yeah. Which a fun, a interesting note about that scene is because I watched the uh Netflix series, I watched a lot of the Netflix series, um, the movies that made us, I did see a little, I did end up watching somewhat recently just before we saw this on by mistake um <laughs> the uh forrest gump episode and they talked about oh yeah they actually took some historical footage of that scene and then superimposed um tom hanks as yeah, forrest into that scene and that was so funny by the way too right the fact yeah, that and, they were able to do that right yeah and yeah they did that um s- several times throughout the film um and as we get to later like when he's meeting the presidents and he's going to a couple areas where it looks like it's old grainy footage it's because it is they just mm-hmm. did which now it's like oh it's and this is filmed in, in 94 so even some of these techniques are used even nowadays in right you can it's you can it's hard to tell it's fake so it's kind of amazing to see they're even using that t- technology even then mm-hmm. um so yeah so um this is happening all his college and he eventually does graduate and He's walking with his mom and he's talking about, he's unsure of what he wants to do. So, uh, um, and we see a mil- uh, military recruiter come up to him and, and pretty much, you know, encourage him to go enlist in the army. And he eventually does. The only difference between, um, the movie time period and this time period is that instead of them recruiting you at college, at the end of college, they're now recruiting you at the end of high school. And maybe yep. they were back then too, but more so even now, right? Yeah, yeah I, I remember uh, every branch uh, went and had a table at my high school, and 
He's like, oh, if you sign this paper, you know, necessarily in the listing form, but like, hey, get on our email list or whatever. I never signed it, but yeah. Um, they're like, oh, you get this free lanyard, and they and people in my high school went crazy over those lanyards. So, <laughs> yeah, they did. That's a yeah, that's a distinct memory, um, in my mind. So it's kind of interesting to see, like, hey, they're still recruiting people, even you know, that's still a thing that's going on. Um, and so yeah, he's he goes to work in the army and is apparently extremely successful um because he's just able to follow directions and uh i think the actual line that he said was it's like yeah no, it's okay to be in the army you just gotta keep your bed your bed mat your um yeah your bed mat you stand up straight and answer all questions with yes drill sergeant <laughs> yeah well yeah. and we have some uh military friends here I'm, I'm but i'm pretty sure that they can confirm that statement i i, I want to get a i want to get a note from one of them about this because yeah, I, I have to imagine that yeah. that's pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. From, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. This, yeah. Again, we, that's something that we'd, uh, we'd love to hear. Um, so he, he, this was happening at the same time as, um, Vietnam and the Vietnam, um, and he yeah. ended up being sent over there. I have, I have to imagine by the way too, cause there was those rain scenes that, that were happening where like, it was different kinds of rain too that they were describing too. I have to imagine getting those shots was a pain in the ass to try oh, to yeah. pull off. I have to imagine, right? Oh yeah, it's, especially if they're trying to do it all natural rain or getting the sprinkler heads to yeah. make it right. It was there was definitely pain. one scene though that was definitely like in a studio environment because, or they, or it was like a controlled environment because the rain just stopped instantly like that doesn't usually happen that way you know <laughs> oh yeah and um yeah and it definitely seems like um and as you know and as uh, the listeners know it's like vietnam apparently was a really rough war for for some for some people and hearing mm-hmm. it and he definitely seemed to have like a uh a uh comfort phrase to use um after he's done taking a story like once he gets to a um where he's starting to feel emotional, the just which he's just so times with the film, um, not just for this and talking about how he had some well, every time he talks about a loved one passing or dying, mm-hmm. he uses the phrase "That's all I have to say about that." Yeah, um, which is, um, which is a phrase that my grandfather, who also served in Vietnam, has said things uh, of more or less the same, uh, more more or less the same wording, or at the very least the same intentions of just like. I hit a point and I'm just, yeah. Sorry. He, he, sorry. He just hits a point and he's just like, all right, I got to stop. And yeah. PTSD is, uh, yeah. PTSD is big, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's recent, and if you are suffering from it, there are resources out there to help you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, which we'll, which we'll include in the show notes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we also had the we also he, so he met several people that we see throughout his um um going back to Vietnam he, he met several people there that seemed to have a major impact on his life, including Gary Sinise's character Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan, yeah. dude, I love Lieutenant Dan so much. Like he he's such a fun character, right? And he's an interesting character because he goes to battle wanting to die. Right. Like that's kind of it. Forrest talks about this where like everyone in his generation like went to war and died. And, and to be honest, for me, like that just seems like a fucked up family tradition for me. Right. 
And but Forrest stops him from accomplishing that, right? Like <laughs> there was one point where like Lieutenant Dan is like so upset with him that he did that. And it was like he's talking about how it was his destiny. I'm just sitting there like it's like no uh, no thanks for saving your life. It's like fuck your destiny, man. Like I saved your life, you know? Like I'm just I'm just thinking that should have been Forrest's response. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But plus, yeah, he seems to be just like a very close friend to you know, standing up for him, you know, just as much as anybody else. Right. Not- yeah, absolutely. No, you you can tell he's a true friend, oddly enough, in the weirdest way, because when he uh, when he has that New Year's Eve party or that New Year's party and he is having sex with the women in there and like one of them is like really into Forrest, but Forrest is like not having it. Right. But the moment like she starts disrespecting Forrest like that, like L- Lieutenant Dan puts his foot down and is, and kicks him out of his apartment. Right. Like, yeah. like you can, that's when you, that's when you can tell it's like he, he cares for him. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 I think the exact term is like, she called she, uh, the, the, the lady, the women called them, uh, said, what are you stupid? And then Dan was like, Nope, you're Nope. He's like, no, yeah, this like, is the nope, smartest person. It. You're the, this is the smartest person I've, I've ever met and ever had the, you know, opportunity to know. And yeah. immediately, you know, not to mention, out. not to mention the fact that he joins Forrest in the shrimp business, right? RIP yeah. Bubba, by the way, too. Oh yeah. Yeah. The closest friend that one of the closest friends that, you know, we see Forrest have besides Dan and uh, Jenny, it's just Bubba's right there by his side throughout all of his, up until up until Forrest, you know, up to the scene where Forrest rescues Dan and the other Lieutenant Dan and the others. Mm-hmm. Bob was right there, and he's always like, always when they tell him like, "Oh, this is my plan of what I do after I get to the military," you know. And we see him actually like, eventually say, "Hey, you know, I'll," you know, Bob says, "Hey, I'll be the captain. You'll be my first mate." Mm-hmm. And you know, we see Bob, uh, you know, For- uh, Forrest continues to, um, yeah, like honor his yeah. legacy, right? Yeah, and call, names it after him, still putting his name first. Yeah. My only, my only thing about those particular seeds is like, and this happens multiple times too, where it's like something amazing happens to Forrest, and his instant reaction is to jump out of the boat. Why would you jump out of the boat? <laughs> yeah, um, it's like it's overexcitement. Not thinking like, oh, let's put the boat in the park or whatever. No, let's jump off. Yeah, let's and- just jump out of the boat and just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, see, the whole scene, like, he just jumps out and just crashes into the dock, which is like, that's my boat. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're just, yeah, that boat, you're just like, oops. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's always interesting to see, like, how, um, yeah, like, it, how he became, like, he started off, like, he was not catching anything more than a couple pounds, not enough for even make a one, one dish. And then all of a sudden, just because of, or because of Hurricane Carmen, Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, because Forrest and Lieutenant Dan are out, all the boats right there in in his uh in the the town which um uh Bubba grew up in, mm-hmm. all the boats were destroyed. So it just left Forrest and um Forrest and Lieutenant Dan and for, with Bubblegum Shrimp and yeah, oh, suddenly they're able to just be super successful and in, including having enough money that they can invest in more boats and then an even. Uh, Lieutenant Dan was able to take it and invest it in a uh, in a company that you, that you might have heard of. Yeah, certain kind of fruit company, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that company, of course, being um, Apple, I, I guess at the time, Apple Computer, right? And and I was like, and you were reminding me of this where it was like, you know, like this was in the 70s, presumably, right? And, you know, Apple was doing great back then, like in the 70s and 80s, like you got the Macintosh, right? Although when this movie came out, like Apple in the mid 90s was not doing well, right? And so it's almost kind of like a, I, I don't know if they knew that going into this right but it's all but it's also weird that it's like it's weird that it kind of worked out right afterwards because obviously you know everybody today knows what apple is as a company right and so i i don't know that that was that was always weird to me right oh yeah and it's you know it's it's always and you know it's always interesting to see it's like again we know this is from a modern perspective but that's where all the jokes you know we see as the jokes come from it's like Oh yeah, this is just a yeah company that you know in that time frame that it set you know just after you know just after uh, in the seventies. It just it, that's when it's like again you as you said the beginnings of it, it just bl- blows up and becomes you know incredibly and 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 if you held on to some of those stocks to this day he would be you know like huge. a trillionaire or I mean he was already a gazillionaire though in his own words thanks to the shrimp <laughs> business though so yeah, I mean. So much so he was able to just do what he liked, which was just mowing lawns, which he did for free. Right. He's like, I- and not to mention, it's like he, he inherits his mom's house and like basically doesn't have to have anyone live in it anymore. You know, you'll notice that like towards the end of the movie, he's just like, there's just nobody there anymore except him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He kept him and his friends who, you know, him and it was just him. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's a big piece of land and a big house and. Yeah, still a small city, but still, it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing to see. And it's interesting to note, and I I found this out doing some light uh, research is Bubba Gup Shrimp, the company, is actually now a real restaurant themed after it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's actually I went and checked the the map of hey our locations, and it actually uses um the shoes that he wore as the like the hey instead it was like the the pin the pin for where the no way are. wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, so they went all in on this bit. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. From my understanding, it originally started in like Universal Studios and just kind of just grew out from there. That's crazy. <laughs> oh yes, it's you know owning the movie that it came from. Uh-huh. Now, um, again, going back to Forrest and his experience just after his post-Vietnam experience, you know, just before he starts all these businesses. Um, he ends up going to Washington right when the big, uh, some of the big anti-war protests were happening, mm-hmm. including, including the, um, the March in Washington, um, which mm-hmm. we see him as we, uh, you know, we see when this, when these other people are just, you know, kind of lean back and kind of just do the unplugging of the lines and, right. and we don't hear what he says, but, um, but it has been written out there. Uh, and from my understanding, those lines are pretty, would have been way more helpful to the anti-protesters than the, um, than you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do we know like what was oh, actually oh. said when the mic was cut off? Yeah. Oh, yes, we do. It is sometimes when people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any, without any legs. Sometimes they don't go home at all. That's a bad thing. And then he ends it with his, um, 
Oh, and that's where you hear him say, that's all I have to say about that. Mm. Yeah, because then it, it cuts right back in when you hear that, so. Gotcha. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, and also part of, yeah, and you also hear about um, this is, you hear about it, he ends up learning that he's actually pretty good at a, at ping pong. Mm-hmm. Um, as he was recovering. Um, Eventually, to eventually going to play for this for um, the special services to help entertain other wounded troops, something including Lieutenant Dan, who you know may be there but may not be you know totally see may not be totally watching, but at least is mentally there. Mm-hmm. Um, and even against uh, doing, going to China and playing there, um, in like the big arena, that's right? The broadcast, and they're so intrigued by force. Um, playing ping pong, right? They're not even watching the moon landing. Like the moon landing is literally on the television, like off to the side, and they're so focused on Forrest's ping pong ability that they don't even—they're not even watching the freaking moon landing. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. And then we see him come home to visit his mom, and you even see like, oh, this entire like front—the front rooms of the house is just covered in Forrest, Forrest Gump ping pong merchandise. Which is, you know, how he ends up getting the money to get the bubblegum shrimp was he just, he, he, he says to his mom as um, he visits her grave, since we see later she passes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, oh, he sees, you know, he take, he, he's holding this check and it's just like, oh yeah, this is, you know, the amount of money for the check minus a dinner and, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is like, yeah, I just, all I had to say was when I was, in, when I was in China playing, you know, playing with the such a service, I used the smack on Matt's cup or <laughs> ping pong paddle and but you know what that's not really what i use but you know it's a little white lie it's a so little it's, white lie yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah lieutenant dan said it was a little white lie so it's fine mm-hmm. actually i think yeah. it was his mama that said like yeah it's a white it, this is a this is a white lie and a white lie oh, never right. heard it was, it was visiting his mom it was visiting bubba's grave not his right, not his mom's right. Grave. yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah thank thank you for that um yeah, he, that, that that's another thing that he's the only thing that we seem is him, him visiting graves and talking yes. to them. Mm-hmm. That was another big thing. So it's easy, that's my mistake to make it up. Um, again, and as a historical film, you can't, you know, you can't not be, you know, a major historical film, especially with American uh, historical events, without mentioning several presidents. I think I counted six different presidents. Yeah. Um, which was Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon, which are all ones he actually met. Right, and then his, and then uh, Ford, Carter, and Reagan. Yeah, and they also yeah. had um, footage of uh, Reagan's assassination attempt on the television going on during that time. Like there since uh, there seems for- there seems to be a theme of like you know major political events happening during this movie, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, and uh, several and him always talking about like, oh yeah, and him talking about oh the, yeah, I don't some guy you know went and found this guy and shot him. Yeah, so he, yeah right? he talks about it from Lenin. He talks about it for for the Kennedy for Kennedy, and actually shows the the Zapruder film, mm-hmm. um, which is the iconic uh, motorcade. Yeah, the, down... the motorcade clip. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and they even talk about his um his uh, brother too as well, right? His, yeah, his... Uh, Robert, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, major school things, and he actually ended up um meeting them throughout several different times after certain different things. Um, Kennedy, like right when he's in, right after while he's in college, after playing on the all American team, 
and he ends up getting so nervous that he ends up drinking ends up just drinking you know like a gallon of dr pepper and they're the glass bottles too right (laughs) yeah it's just like 15 or 16 of those so it's just like it was kind of so funny because it's like the what did you say he's everyone's just like it feels great to be an american it feels great to be an american and it gets the forest and it's like how do you feel being an american I gotta pee. <laughs> I gotta pee. <laughs> yeah, but then you just see a smash cut to to uh, to um, Forest right in the White House bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> that is um, amazing. Yeah, and then we see we later see him. Uh, and then the next major, major one that he met was was uh, LBJ Lyndon B, Lyndon B Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, right after he was, you know, he was getting the Medal of Honor and the Purple Heart and all that. Um. You know, he says, "I saw. I heard you got. I heard you got shot in the ass." And then, kind of leans into him. I very much like to see that. And so, Forrest just sit, stands there as the press goes on, turns around, and just drops Trow and just yeah, he's loading just, Johnson. Yeah, just shows the which yeah, just just shows the bullet hole, and, is, and they're all laughing about it. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. And if you know anything about about um, Lyndon B. Johnson, it doesn't surprise you one bit because this is uh, the president that used to have force people to have cabinet meetings while he's on the john oh jeez yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah um and then another port a little bit later i can't remember the context context behind this was he ended up meeting nixon and then end up uh nixon's like you know what i've heard bad things about the hotel you're in let me put you up in a in a little hotel i know yeah you yeah, may have you... heard of it called the watergate hotel right yeah and and yeah, yet just, and he snitch he literally is the one who snitches on Nixon and is responsible for the whole Watergate scandal. Ugh. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's 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 amazing. Unbelievable. I I just with all of the historical things and going on in this movie, like if this were movie were made into a sequel or if it was like in a different time period, I'm sure Forrest would somehow be responsible for getting Trump elected to the presidency. Or something like that, yeah, you know. Or, or, or maybe one of the major major things is okay. Needing to have the um the two thousand and four, I believe it was. I uh, know uh, two thousand, two thousand, two thousand. Right, mm-hmm. the two thousand Bush v uh, Bush v Gore, um, Florida, like the recount. <laughs> yeah, in Florida. That, having that would be a that one would be a major point that I would think Forrest would have absolutely. his way. Absolutely, and and obviously, like there would be some sort of nine eleven something going on in there somewhere like nine yeah. eleven would have been mentioned for sure right yeah well interesting enough um the author uh winston groom of uh, the book that this movie is based on winston groom actually liked the um the movie so much he wrote a sequel called uh gump and co mm-hmm. um or gump and company i don't know why i said co um which actually ended up getting which the book itself was more ba- a sequel to the movie rather than his own book Mm-hmm. Um, which then he actually they actually wrote a screenplay for a sequel, um, which then was submitted to the company on September tenth, two thousand and one. No way! So literally the day before the script got submitted. Yeah, and really then from and then from further research, uh, I later found out that it's like it was just it was put into development. It was like okay, let's push back a little bit, let's push back a little bit, and then just over time, it's like yeah, this is unfortunately not going to happen but a lot of major events um that you know happened through the early through the 80s and 90s went over in these 
in the book from me just reading the Wikipedia description of it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of amazing that you mentioned that, hey, you know, none of them would have been mentioned if we if it was shifted, you know, a version of it was shifted like 30 years in, and the sequel to the movie was actually delayed because of this. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So um, one of the other major factors is the whole Jenny and Forrest love story and like how they met and yeah yeah and it's 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 a kind of a really cute kind of a really cute story of like he gets on the first the first day he's getting on the bus and everyone's like nope seat's taken nope seat's taken and then jenny just is kind of just like yeah come over yeah sit next to me Mm -hmm. yeah no um yeah come sit next to me and just you know and they end up from there is becoming fast friends that hung out every day um but let's be honest, like Jenny liked Forrest from the very beginning. Like let's let's yeah. not let's not like n- misunderstand this relationship, right? She loved him from the very beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah, cuz it always seems like yeah, Jenny didn't treat her any different and we later find out that Jenny herself um she Forrest even says Jenny didn't seem to really be around her fa- like uh, you know, Jenny's mom died when she was very young and Jen- and she didn't want to be around her father too much mm-hmm. which then we later find her father was abusive right um, and it's one and, of those things you don't find out until like it's like you put the pieces together and then you see that one shot when they're in the uh when they're in the cornfield and it's like okay yep yep yeah like where it's just like yeah jenny's like hey let's hide you know sit you know kneel down let's hide you know saying the lines of you know hey make me a bird so i can fly away make me you know praying throughout the entire time mm-hmm to hide um and then later we found out her that yeah her father does end up getting arrested and charged and put away and so she ended up going to live with her grandmother but was a lot closer to forest so she was able to sneak out a lot and mm-hmm. yep sneak out a lot and just you know several days um throughout several times we was mentioned like yeah she just slept over and you see definitely scenes where she's cuddling with forest and staying right there always by his side mm-hmm so you you gotta know at some point there was gotta be a point where when I got a point when Forrest's mom, out knowing how loving she was, just like would just be like, all right, yeah, Jenny stayed over. That's she said. Here's an extra place at the dinner table for for, for Jenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't ever addressed, but yeah, I have to imagine yeah. that was probably what happened, right? Yeah, it, you, you never saw any of that in the movie, but you can definitely tell that's one of those just like knowing knowing Forrest's mom. Yeah. It was, it's, it was like, yeah, okay, yep. Um, and now the whole, one of the other major comic lines where, even if you haven't seen this film, you've probably heard the phrase, run, forest, run, forest, run. run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, um, it's kind of another major motif throughout the film because, again, we see we see him think of it as he's running in um, Vietnam. And as, as well as, you know, a major thing that happened after Jenny stays, you know, Jenny disappears for a little while from his life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He actually does run like literally. He actually runs across the country, both literally and figuratively too, right? Like many times over, mind you. Like keep in mind, like he must have done this like several times, right? And the only so- and the only reason he stopped was because he he just got tired of it one day and just didn't want to do it anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, three years worth of running back and forth. I you yeah. just mentioned, and he just one day he just he's there in the Nevada desert, 
He's just like, yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> right, and just and just nonchalantly starts walking back. Yeah, this was the only part that seemed out of place to me. And to be fair, like even Forrest when he recounts the story, like he's like, I I start I just started running, no reason in particular, right. I, I guess they I guess the film just needed like some sort of transition point for an, for another way for Jenny to hear about him again or something to help or, move the story along or uh, something. Or, I don't know. Or maybe he was using it as a form of like self therapy of just like, hey, let's get away from, you know, any attachments and just be um clear. Mm-hmm. And just be like you know, have a clear head and just sleep when he wants, just do what he wants, and there's maybe a little bit of trauma that he was, you know, taken care of yeah maybe that's true yeah that's uh that's how i see it but yes there was i can definitely see like hey you know it was maybe a small bit of a point of needing to say to music for jenny that you know jenny disappears for a little while and all of a sudden you gotta hear oh jenny's you know jenny hears him on the news while waitressing and Mm -hmm. and and, you know that's how they reconnect Mm -hmm. um now again going, going back to a little bit earlier on in their timeline this, they just, they seem to be, you know, we see them, you know, him running through the, uh, the, uh, football field and getting all that. So you can see, like, hey, they at least stayed friends through high school. And mm-hmm. Forrest, um, Forrest seemed to visit Jenny a lot. And, you know, even though they went both, you know, Forrest went to the University of Alabama and then Jenny went to an all girls college, mm-hmm. um, seem, seem, seemingly different at a different place. Which is interesting, the fact that Jenny had to sneak, uh, Forrest in and, like, and I was like, oh, wait, yeah, this is a girls' college. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and even at the time, it's I think it was more common to have, like, okay, this is an all-girls dorm, this is an all-guys dorm, you know, yeah. don't don't go over. So even if it wasn't an all-girls college, but still, he would have to sneak her in. She would have to sneak him in. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it leads to one of those, it leads to one of those moments that's, like, interesting. I don't know, because here's the thing, the only reason that situation even became forward was the fact that you know, Jenny was with another guy. I don't know if they must have not been like in a close relationship, right? Because because Jenny was more than happy to uh, give Forrest quite the show um, in the dorm, right? Yeah, and asks him. Uh, Jenny basically asks him, "Have you ever been with a girl, Forrest?" And then and that with to it, and when he said no. He, she then proceeds to give him quite the show, I must say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the, the roommate panning, the printing over to the roommate of just like wide eyed there the whole time. Yeah, no, yeah. dude, I was, I was seeing that and I was like, oh no, like that's, yeah, that was. Yeah, ha- having been in that position, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. And that's all we'll say about oh, that. Oh <laughs> man. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That's all we'll say about that. Um, now, uh, now, um, after he graduates from college, he, uh, as we said earlier, he joins the ar- joins the army, and one of his platoon mates, you know, is like, "Hey, take a look, you know, take a look on at uh, at this, you know, take a look at the." I can't remember the exact line. Was I think it, hey, I think a- I think it was, was a- literally like a Playboy magazine, right? It, it, it was a Playboy. Um, and you know, Forrest is opening up. He's looking through it, and all of a sudden, he sees Jenny. Wearing, you know, Jen- Jenny in a photo wearing uh, her college sweater, mm-hmm. which brings up a problem because, uh, you know, her college apparently didn't really like that for probably obvious reasons. Sure. And kicked her in, you know, 
and kick Jenny out, which causes, you know, some other causes her to start her stage presence. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Forrest is like constantly like Forrest, like when, when he meets up with her is like, she's always in some sort of like messed up or compromised situation. Like she was on stage, like playing guitar, like, and just like covering herself up. And it's like, the guys want her to like, you know, lift up the guitar. And then like one of uh, her friends was like, basically like assaulted Forrest because like, like he thought that he was a traitor or something. Cause he was in the war or something. Like it's a constant theme of Forrest just in like messed up situations where Jenny is involved. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's partially probably because he, uh, it's probably partially, it seems like it's partially because he doesn't quite understand Hey, what the rent, what, um, what's actually going on? He, all he sees is, is his, you know, his best friend, his closest friend, Jenny, getting hurt. What he sees as hurt, mm-hmm. and it could be him just misunderstanding of it. Yeah, but you know, that's yeah. And I mean, there's definitely a point too. Like, there's another point where um, she becomes like, for lack of a better term, she basically becomes like a hippie almost, right? Like, is you know, doing lines uh, and all of that stuff, right? And there's a few different points where, like, she is, like, definitely, like, very suicidal, right? Like, and, uh, it, and it happens multiple times, right? Like, even in front of Forrest, and Forrest, I don't think, quite understands what is going on in that moment either, right? And it's like, yeah. I, I don't know, it's like, that was that was like kind of like super scary for that too, you know. Yeah, like the, there's the scene where uh, Jenny, where he tells Jenny he's going to Vietnam, and she's standing under the bridge and is basically basically implying like, "Hey, have you ever thought about you know life and the deeper meaning of it?" And she's basically standing on the edge of it, right? And you know, she, you know, he's talking and she ends up stepping off and going to get the ta- the cab, and then just runs up to him and, and you know. So you know it's about her to leave. Then all of a sudden, when you when she hears that he's going to Nam, it's like she she knows that this is you know a lot's going on. This is dangerous. There's you know there's people dying every day there, and um and she tells him, hey, you know, don't be a you know if needed, don't be a hero. You know, yeah, run, run away, run, yeah, run, forest, run, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and yeah, like, and if you are, and if, and I will say too, it's like, if you are feeling those thoughts too, it's like, yeah, like, uh, suicide prevention, lifeline.org, 1-800-273-8255. Just reach out to those resources. They are there for you. Help is out there. Absolutely. And, you know, links to all these other resources will be also in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, um, he he. Another thing was like he seemed to be like. I mean, this could just. Uh, this is also a part of the time, but he also be a huge fan of writing letters to people, mm-hmm. including also frequently, you know, his his mom, Lieutenant Dan, you know, family, you know, family, you know, the family of blah blah, but especially Jenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he seemed to be like every day. He said every day, sometimes twice a day, he would write a letter, and he eventually just gets this big stack of letters back from jenny yeah from jenny but from it was like return from sender type of things right where they just got sent back to him because they were definitely addressed to her right and they're just returned to sender and 
we still don't really know like if it was because she didn't want them or because Forrest maybe had the wrong address or maybe an invalid address. Like, I don't know. That wasn't really clear it, for me. It seemed to, it seemed to me just from the nature of it. Uh, and I might as well stamp if we could return to sender stamp, but I could be mistaken on that. And, and if you're listening and you can, you understand, you know, how the concepts of that, of that would work at the time. Yeah. Uh, please, please let us know. I think I, I I tend to think it was just Forrest had the wrong address or it, it was an invalid address because because later on, like Jenny is like so excited to see Forrest again, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, there was we did see her get into the, like, the car from the, the trailer, but we never saw an address on the trailer. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, And another major point of. There are sometimes where he's described whether he was when he was alone on his runs or when he was march when he's more or less alone marching through at night in Vietnam or alone on the fishing boat. Every time he saw like a sunset or the stars, he always thought of Jenny, which uh-huh. was kind of when he was describing this to Jenny. It was kind of really sweet to hear. I'm like, you know, when you're in this area, it looks like this. When you in this area, it looks like this. But. Mm-hmm. I, every time I always thought the most beautiful thing, which was which was Jenny. Yeah, dude, and it was so sad too because because Forrest keeps getting rejected by Jenny like so many times, right? Like their relationship is definitely like a hot and cold relationship, right? Like one minute they're like having the time of their lives, the next they're like <laughs> Jenny is so apprehensive about you know getting together with Forrest, right? But she eventually keeps, like, gravitating back to Forrest, right? Like, and, like, when Forrest asks her to marry, or or to marry him, I love how his response, like, because she kind of says, like, no, not really. And Forrest's response was, I may not be smart, but I do know what love is. And I'm like, that's my boy right there. That's my boy. It's it's adorable. And he's just like, it's one of those, yeah, you just, you know, look up. It's like, you know, hey, that's clever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think and, the, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think the best way to describe Forrest um, for using, you know, again, I I have to bring up D&D. I just, just kind of, you know, kind of nerdy sure. person I am is he's not a he may have like a low intelligence, but he's very, very wise. Mm-hmm. He's very, very much. He knows what he's talking about, knows what he's or not necessarily knows what he's talking about, but knows when to be. You know, he's very wise in what his actions are. And he's very empathetic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I find interesting, uh, too, is like, because he's telling this entire story, right, about how we got to this point. And like, what's crazy is like, this whole movie is a flashback almost up until like, I think it's like the last 20 minutes of the movie is when we finally get caught up to like, you know, present day and, you know, Forrest, like trying to get on the bus to find to get to Jenny, right? Because I guess he's meeting up with her again and then like and then finally the story continues like in present times from that moment right yeah the uh the old lady he's been telling like the good like the last two-thirds of a story to um who even missed her boss they continue hearing it was like right was just like hey uh where are you going it's like oh yeah i'm going to this address that's and she's just like you know that's like four blocks that way and he just gets up, grabs his stuff, and just runs. Yep. <laughs> yep. Another run for us for a moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's um he just runs. And we actually yeah. Um he actually ends up going to that apartment and just meets get meets Jenny and you know 
as it, um and just gives her her box of chocolates that she that um he had for her mm-hmm. which you know another one of the opening lines was his old life is like a box of chocolates yeah classic yeah, and, line right yeah yeah one of those classic movie lines is yeah here's this which you know, again one of those, yeah, like, i hadn't seen the movie before then and you and i had heard that quote mm-hmm. so it's, yeah no he just he gives her this like sorry i'm gonna and it's still you can still tell he's still you know still forest and he's just like he says <laughs> like he i'm says, out, i'm out of eight some <laughs> <laughs> yeah and jenny's just like you can see jenny's just like smiling and shaking and her head like, just like yeah oh yeah, forest it's, <laughs> yeah it's it just like oh forest. yeah that's it's like that's my forest mm-hmm. which we then apparently find out that when she slept with him just before she left him just before this she apparently had gotten pregnant mm-hmm. with um was with you know well and, and it was and it's one of the it was one of those sleight of hands too where it's like at first you didn't like like you you had heard that um that Jenny had named the kid Forrest and, and it was one of those like oh that's really cute of him like like they have such a good r- friendship and relationship that she uh, named her kid after him and then they dropped that twist on you it's like uh and he's like no he's your he you are his parent too <laughs> yeah but it, I also was, love that it's like, you know, like she's completely sympathetic and understanding, like, like she, she knows that she was in a bad place at the time. So she doesn't fault Forrest for it, you know? Yeah. And it's actually kind of, and that was a whole like really nice scene. Cause the first thing he, uh, he thought of when you, when Jenny told, um, Jenny told him that, that Forrest Jr. is Forrest, uh, Forrest Gump's. Our, our protagonist's um, son, immediately the first thing he thought of, is he like me or is he, um, the, line, the line, exact line was, is he like me or is he smart? And, yeah, is he dumb like me or is he smart? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, and you can see, and then, he, and then she just like, no, he's the smartest, you know, he's smart and, you know, he's, you know, he's, and we see a curious storage book there on the table too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and then eventually after all this, they eventually, they eventually get, um, she, she proposes to him when yeah. Forrest is playing at the park, and so they do get yeah, married. Yeah, that was such a, that was such a great, like, climax of the story right there, is when they finally yeah. get married. Yeah, they finally get married, and it seemed like it was less than a year before she ended up passing from, yeah, the, from what, they never, they never say it, but it is heavily implied to be, uh, HIV or AIDS, yeah, and it's yeah, also it was- like, and, and it's also set up in the same way where, like, because right before um, Force Mother died, like she was in a bed, and then like the next scene she's dead. They literally did it the exact same way, where it's like she's literally in that exact same bed, and it's like, oh no, and then you and then you see it, and you're just like, like, I'm sorry, but like that is. Like, I can't think of a more, like, sadder end to the story than that. You know what I mean? Like, that'll, yeah. that'll get, that'll get some tears going if you're not careful, you know? Oh, yeah. And it was really sweet. Like, he, like, he, again, I, the whole part of him, the whole motif, uh, motif that's, that's, that's the right word of him visiting the graves of his loved ones, you know, as he visited, um, and telling, like, hey, you know, you died on a, whatever, you died on a Tuesday, you know, um, where I buried you and, what's going on, what I'm doing in your memory. And one of the big things is what he did to, uh, 
um, he buried uh, buried Jenny underneath a tree that he used to play in as a kid. He mm-hmm. bought and bought the land that his that her father's house was on and demolished it even more than it was already demolished. Right. You know, in you know, yeah, because it was pretty. And, it was already pretty run down when they uh, when they visited it when they visited it again. Right. Yeah, she threw throwing rocks at it, and mm-hmm. yeah. And, but I, was, and I also it, love. Oh, go ahead. What were we gonna say? Yeah, and then he also was very much a you know kind of sweet scene. It was like, yeah, he's and he vowed like in that same letter to, hey, you know, I will raise our child till mm-hmm. you know till I no longer can, and I will stick by his side, make sure he gets to school every day, and you know, I'll, I taught him how to play ping pong. I taught him how to fish. I taught him how to read. Yeah. And that was just such a sweet moment, too, where it's like Forrest Jr. gets on the bus, immediately knows. And it's the same bus driver, too. Yep. It's like, and and, it, and and I could totally, like, I totally could get that part where it's like, because, yeah, my, my, I had, my bus driver that I, that I had when I was going to school, like, had worked there for several years before and, like, was my bus driver, like, all throughout elementary and high school. And it's like, yeah, those bus drivers will stick around especially in a small town like that for a very long time. Absolutely. And you could tell, like she recognized, you could tell a little bit of recognition that um, this is forest. They should recognize old forest and then saw, you know, young forest, sorry, a lot of, a bit of old forest and young forest. And she, mm-hmm. just, she gave the same smile that she yeah. gave. And, and that, and that was so amazing that the movie ends right where it begins too. And it ends with the feather that we started with at the very beginning too, right? Like it came yeah. full circle at the end, right? Oh yeah. It was it was a very it was it was a very sweet story. And mm-hmm. as we get longer, I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for stories like that where I mean yes, bittersweet endings may be, you know, rough, but mm-hmm. they're always they're always they can always be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, those so are always said, my, those are always my favorite movies too because it's like because some movies the endings are just like so dumb, right? Like this ending in particular, like just wrapped everything up, albeit very it was a very sad ending, right? But it did like wrap the whole story up, right? Like because some movies just don't like like just don't end on good notes, and I hate those kinds of stories. But this one was this one definitely was a good like you know, wrapping up of the story, right? Absolutely. And, and, and it is opposed to a lot of modern movies, which do lead into sequels. This one, this one, I don't know if they're like, yeah, you know, the story, the entire story was told and was done with, you know, done very well. And you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. And in many ways, the sequel is not necessary for this, you know? Oh yeah. Even though there was one written, you can tell like it, this one stands alone on it stands totally alone, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's some, some interesting notes we could make. Um, is that um the shoes that he was the shoes that he wore are a, a big or not? I don't say a big thing, but they were pointed out majorly throughout the yeah. The, the, the to be film. clear, the <laughs> shoes that uh that Jenny gave him, I if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, it, I did not catch that. Um. Yeah, yeah, but we saw him throughout the several times throughout the film. They we saw it right when they opened to pan up on the dirty shoes, which then we later see him walking on brand new mm-hmm. to meet Jenny right there uh, in the middle. And then we see it, he's, it's the same shoes he wore all throughout his run, throughout the running through mud and him wiping the face off with the shirt, the stepping and shit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just see him 
uh, yeah, we just see, and we see these shoes throughout the entire story. You can actually still get to this day. Um, they're called the Nike Cortez. And, wow. Yeah, and they're not that bad of a price. So, so they actually for, made those shoes for the movie, but then or and then but then mass produced them. Or they already are an existing brand, and they just like hey, they decided not to cut the cut the brand because of the yeah, love of this too. Film. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that I'm not a sneakerhead, so I'm not as familiar with the with this whole with that whole story of those shoes. But sure. I just found I just did with light some right research, found that to be a pretty neat um thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I here's what I want to know though. Like, so those ortho orthodontic braces is that how you say it orthopedic orthopedic thank you like is that how those actually work because like like that was just like those were just like crazy to me right and not to mention too it's like he um when he's like the first time is like run forest run he like he they come loose right and he's just able to run normally like is that how they're supposed to work like do you Uh, know from my understanding they're not supposed to um break but um sure, i but... actually do yeah but i actually do use an ortho i um i have a drop foot in my right foot so i use mm. um which means i don't have any upward or right motion on that foot so i actually do use a orth- orthopedic brace when i'm walking around when i'm not at home and then in the first one i had it was very similar to forest where it was much more metal and much i love more metal joints rather than just rubber joints like i have now mm-hmm. um so um, and I've had, and I had to use that recently just cause my, one of my ones break, which by the way is expensive. So don't mm. break your braces. So that, so when the scene, when the braces broke, gave me a little bit of pain, <laughs> it's just a little bit of like, uh, I don't, yeah. But, um, yeah, those, those, the, those leg braces, uh, you can feel like it getting, you know, after a prolonged use or if you're running too hard, you can feel it, it makes some very similar sounds and some very, you could feel it. You could totally feel like if it would break and mm-hmm. it would explode like like it did. But mm. it was much, you know, a little. You know, obviously, there's a little bit of movie magic to it, but sure, it was also really kind of neat to to see that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one little bit of note is uh, that was mentioned in the, the watch party, I believe, by Wabbit, um, is that Haley Joel Osment was the was the kid that played. Um, Forrest Jr., who later went on to be in several other films, including, I think, even High Fidelity, which was previously covered. Yeah, Sixth and, Sense was kind of the big uh, yeah. movie that Haley Joel Osment eventually became. But yeah, no, right. this was kind of Haley Joel Osment's, like, springboard in many ways, right? Yeah, yeah, he was three at the time, and, or, and you know, he's here, and, and he's gone on to have a successful career, you know, even playing Sora in Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was also mentioned in The Watch Party. But yeah, so it's it's amazing seeing like, hey, this film had so many actors throughout, so many great actors, you know, from throughout, you know, throughout their lifetime. Yeah. So, so Willie, uh, we've come to the time that we that we all have been waiting for. What would you rate this film? Thumbs up? Oh, thumbs down? Man. Oh yeah, no, this is a hundred percent a thumbs up movie. Like absolutely, like. I, I said at the end of the watch party, like this this movie is a masterpiece of a movie, right? Because it's got comedy, it's got romance, it's got you know thriller, thrilling action, it's got like you know like 
emotions and all of that wrapped into one movie that is so concise. Like this movie is a masterpiece. I absolutely love this movie. So massive thumbs up for me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I also I also would give it a thumbs up. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm a sucker for a good love story. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for good um for stuff to talk about some historical events in a absolutely respectful way. Yeah, no, it's so yeah, I I loved it. You know, th- two thumbs up. Awesome. Yeah, you know, not not as high as Back to the Future, but you know, did just you know, <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, throwback. Um, so uh, yeah, set for those ratings. Um, it's time to come to the end of the show. So uh, I I've been Dolan. Um, you can find me at Twitter.com/slash Wermol three W E R M O L the number three. Um, as well as at Instagram at Instagram.com slash Wermol three, and coming soon twitch.tv slash we're mole three so uh Willie, is there something you want to say about say before we uh hear what you want to <laughs> well hear, i mean I, let me just say you could find me on online on this one show uh, uh, called cinemavention i don't know if you've heard of it it's kind of an out there show yeah, guys, uh, April yeah. Fools, guys, yeah. April yeah. Fools, guys, April Fools. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. this was this was such an amazing episode, and uh, yeah, no, if you haven't figured it out already, um, I actually have seen this movie before, and this is this was an this was a fun way to a fun twist to uh, to do this movie because I'm like I'm thinking in my head, there's no way I can ever do a Forrest Gump episode of Cinemavention because I've already seen this movie. But it turns out that uh, that Dolan had not. So uh, well done uh, guest hosting, my friend. And uh, that was such an amazing show. Uh, let us know what you thought about this uh, switch in hosting duties here. Because, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for trusting me with you, with with your show. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Amazing episode. But uh, of course, uh, I'm doing a I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on this show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners like Dolan, I stream it live over on my Twitch. You can find me there every Wednesday and Friday night. Twitch.tv slash Wscott is one. But if you can't make it to the party, don't worry. We have that watch party available to you exclusively over at Patreon.com slash Wscott is one, which is a great place to help support the show so i appreciate everybody who is doing that uh if you have thoughts about the movie we discussed today you can join the conversation in our discord at discord.cinemavention.com send me an email email at cinemavention.com for any of your thoughts that you have on this movie and visit our website cinemavention.com it has all of the previous movies we've covered on this show and all of the show notes are there as well you can also find a link there to subscribe on your favorite pod catcher of choice, be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any one of those options we are on. And I would appreciate if you leave a five-star review. That really helps people find the show. Uh, music has been provided by Kevin McLeod. You can check out his work at incompetech.com. And we'll be back with a regular episode next week. We'll be discussing the movie, The Rocky Horror Picture Show with Brian Curley. That's going to be a fun movie to talk about. I can't wait for that episode. And I one last thing I want to mention, if you are in the Austin area next week uh, on April 7th, 
I will be at the Ritual Misery uh, Hangout. So if you are hearing the sound of my voice before April 7th and you're going to be in the Austin, Texas area, I invite you to come on out and say hello to me and all other fellow Diamond Clubbers who are going to be there. It's going to be such a fun time down there and you're not going to want to miss it. And until the next episode, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)